Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, everybody? We've got a special guest today. Look, this is the first time that we've actually had a guest on our show. And boy, oh boy, are we excited. Bryce, how excited are you to have a guest on our show, man? I'm excited. I don't know how excited she is. Because she's probably thinking... She's probably thinking, how did these guys even get me on here? But uh, <laughs> we are blessed today to have Marsha Douglas joining us. And instead of us talking about Marsha, Marsha, tell our audience, who are you? <laughs> who, um, who you is, Marsha? Who you is? <laughs> who I am is. Oh, boy. Um, as you said, <laughs> I'm Marsha Douglas. Um you know, I'm a fan of Brothers on Tennis. I'm a fan of tennis. Um, I love the game, and I'm looking forward to just talking to you guys about tennis tonight. Well, that, that is definitely awesome. makes us happy. That makes us very happy. We're happy to have you, Marsha. And uh, yeah, yeah, we are just we are just as much of, of, of a fan of the game as you are. We've attended a couple of events together. We've been to the U.S. Open together. And it's going to be extremely interesting, not only for us, but I think for our listening audience to understand a little bit more about you, your background in tennis, and just some of the nuances that you have. So, so Marsha, we're going to go ahead and jump right on in. And I guess our first question for you is just really about your personal history with the game of tennis. So how, how did you get introduced to tennis? Was it, was it at a young age? Was it in your 20s? What's your backstory? Let's, let's, let's hear from you. Oh, boy, you're trying to give away my age now. Um, so, um, it was actually at a pretty young age. I probably I was six or seven. I don't know the exact age, but... Um, um, I actually grew up in Jamaica, not Jamaica, Queens, Jamaica, the island. And um, I used to go to the tennis courts with my dad as a kid. And um, and then he started teaching me tennis. He used to go out there to play with his um, with his friends. Um, and then he would give me lessons after he was finished playing. Um, I remember growing up, I had a, a little kitty-sized orange and black Andre Agassi signed racket um, <laughs> that I used to carry everywhere with me. Um, so that was how I started out. And then I kind of maintained it, you know, throughout school, throughout high school. I played, um, I played for my high school in Jamaica. We played, I played regionals. Uh, we came the second at nationals when I played on a team. And, um, and then when I, you know, came to the United States and went to college here, I played, I actually won, um, not boasting or anything, but I won the intramural tournament at school. And um, I just, you know, continued playing. And, you know, now I, I still play recreationally and I, um, you know, I, I love to watch the game and, and go to matches and things like that. <laughs> well, Marsha, that, I mean, I believe your background is probably similar to a lot of our listeners and but what i think i think you have two maybe distinct differences though and mm -hmm. and i like for you to probably talk about both of them but the first one would be i heard you talk about your dad um, right. coaching you from when you were young and and obviously <laughs> as we've watched um professional tennis we've seen a lot of those cases you know, with Chris Everett and Coco Goff and Serena and Venus right. Williams. 
what was your experience in terms of having a parent as a coach? Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was good and bad. <laughs> um, it was great, you know, to have a parent as a coach where, you know, I could go play tennis at any point in time I wanted to. Um, and, you know, or he could wake me up in the middle of the night and say, hey, we're going to the court to go play. Um, <laughs> but um, which did happen. Um, nighttime oh. tennis is great. Um, but um, it, it it's really good because, you know, you have someone that's really invested in you as a player. I mean, I, I didn't go on to play pro professional tennis, but I did play competitively for my school, things like that. And, you know, you have someone who, you know, really does have a personal interest in you pushing you to do better and, and you know, who knows your strokes intimately, knows your personality intimately. So there's that bond, not only as a coach, but as a parent. Um, on the flip side, <laughs> um, you know, when I didn't want to play, <laughs> you know, there was a, oh, you're going to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that factored in. But um, I, I can see where, it, you, know, uh, you know, as you said, a lot of the professional players or some of the, you know, the greats have been coached by parents. And, and I think that is a benefit to it, this, you know, 24-7 access to your coach. Um, and, you know, I think the coaches probably have are more invested in the player at that point you know what I mean it's not just a paycheck um right. you know that's that's your child and and if you want them to excel there, there's that that factor where they're just pushing you and pushing you and and I think it's really good and um you know one thing I will say you know having my dad as my coach is that he, he showed me um different things that tennis could be for me because a lot of times I wanted to quit or I didn't want to do it. And he said, well, you know, um, you could use this to get a scholarship or, you know, you know, when you become a professional, it's good for networking, things like that. And I've seen where in my life that has benefited me. And I think that, you know, you might not get that from just um, someone that you pick up and pay off the street to, to coach you. Yeah, yeah um, that makes a, a lot of sense. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do have a, a very particular question to ask you, Marcia, because oh. your father coached you and because mm -hmm. of the fact that he also played tennis. Was there ever a point where <laughs> you all played and you actually beat your dad? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your game, so I would be surprised if you didn't. But I am very interested to know, did you ever play your father and did you actually beat him? Uh, he might have stopped playing me when he realized it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? He was like, oh, no. Come oh, on, Stevie. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. But, but yeah, I, and, I mean, we're a very, you know, competitive family. So uh, I will say that he's not, you know, when we used to play a lot, um, he was not holding back. So I had to be able to return um, you know, return those serves, um, you know, and, and, you know, that goes kind of goes back to Agassi. He's one of my favorite players when I was younger. And I remember my dad always used to be like, step into that serve and return that serve like Agassi, you know? So these are things that have stuck with me, um, throughout um, my tennis playing career, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. So the second part of my question was something that 
our listeners may not be able to relate to that as part of your experiences. You stated mm-hmm. that you grew up in Jamaica. And right. so I'm very interested to understand how is tennis perceived in Jamaica versus potentially in, you know, how you've seen it in the United States? Um, you know, how is it for even maybe women playing and mm-hmm. Jamaica versus maybe some of the opportunities that women are given uh, in the United States to play. So just very interested in what that experience is like. Well, I there, there are a few differences and there are also similarities, I would say. I mean, um, tennis, I think, is in Jamaica also perceived kind of as an elite sport. Um, you know, not everyone plays tennis. It's easy I guess the parallel in, parallel in the United States would be that it's easier for someone to get a basketball and go and shoot hoops as opposed to be able to have access to a tennis racket. Um, but in Jamaica, a lot of people would have access to playing uh, soccer, um, and that would be the main sport. And you know, it, you know, it's perceived that the the more well-to-do people would be the ones to play tennis. Um, but as I was growing up. Um, I saw where um, there are certain courts that I used to play at, which were, you know, closer to areas where um, there weren't people that were as well to well off. And I saw where there were programs that were encouraging kids, you know, from all walks of life to come to the game. And I could see where um, they were excelling at the game, you know, once given the opportunity, um, then they were, excelling at the game. Um, In terms of tennis as a national sport in Jamaica, I think, you know, we've had a couple tennis players like Douglas Burke, um, Peter Campbell, who are people who have, um, you know, become ranked players um, and played professionally. But in terms of having a lot of people who have gotten to that level, um, that hasn't necessarily happened. Um, And I think that I think tennis is a, still growing as a sport on the island. So we still have much further to go. And I, I do believe that there are more programs now, um, more opportunities being presented to people now to participate in the sport. Um, you talked about women in the sport. Um, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really don't think that there was much of a difference in terms of the access for women versus men um, or girls versus boys playing the sport. I think in term, it was more of a class um, structure as opposed to a gender structure. And I think that class structure is, is, is being diminished now as we, we go, you know, go along. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so, Marsha, question for you just in regards to when you actually, you know, came to the States and you said you actually started playing, you know, uh, on, on the collegiate side. And, and, and I, I guess my question for you is, as a, as a woman of color, did you experience right. any type of, uh, I guess, um, I don't know, were there any, any, I guess, barriers or constraints that you had to deal with? as you came to the States and as you were playing tennis in what typically is considered to be kind of, again, that elite, more, uh, you know, white bread uh, sport, if you will, early on. And I'm just interested to know if there was anything that you ended up encountering 
as you transitioned to the States and as you actually started playing competitively um, um, uh, throughout your, your, your career? Well, uh, I will say that I, I didn't play for my college. I just, I, I participated in the intramurals, but okay. what I, uh, <laughs> but in terms of the transition from Jamaica to the U S I do know that I had a sense of, uh, a lot of times I got that question mark, like, Oh, Oh, you could play tennis. And then when I, <laughs> I you know, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, just just like you can. I, I can do that. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I think by the time I moved to the States, you know, we were already in the era of Vena Sensorina. Um, and, you know, so people had already, you know, you know, gotten used to seeing women of color excelling in the sport so what i did get a lot of was people calling me serena if i walk outside with a tennis racket now somebody <laughs> it is inevitable that somebody will say hey serena what's going on and i mean it happens without fail um yeah. and i mean and you know to some extent that's a good thing because there's someone that women of color can identify with that's and it's not so just true. her now you know there are many women of color that are coming up now and excelling in the sport. And I think it's great. And um, so in terms of barriers, I think, you know, they had started doing a lot of break, breaking down those barriers already, but, you know, you still get that side eye from time to time, like, Oh, you're here. All right. Let's see what you can do. I love that. You know? Got the side eye. Right? <laughs> and then you, and then you put that backhand on them and we're <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. Right. <laughs> Now, speaking of backhands, because mm -hmm. I see who you follow on Instagram. Oh, boy. Mr. Mr. Stan Varvrinka. Um, oh, boy. Oh, yes. <laughs> tell us, who are some of your favorites? And, and you know how Isaac and I like to do, like, based upon our website, we have mm -hmm. our favorite old school players, the kind of players mm -hmm. we followed as we were coming up. And then mm -hmm. who are your favorite new school players, the ones that are out there doing battle right now? Well, you see, I follow Mr. Stan, Stan the man. Yes. <laughs> not only for <laughs> not only for the back end, but he's kind of, you know, pleasing to look at from time to time, you know. Uh oh. There's uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, I do admire the backhand. Um, in terms of old school players, I think I've said Agassi's name like a ton of times since we've been <laughs> talking. So definitely, I definitely was a fan. Um, I, I think I got emotional when he retired at USO at the US Open. Um, yeah. But I loved watching him as a kid, you know, the hair and the airing and the colorful clothing. And, you know, he was just fun to watch. Um, I think I was into Martina Hingis a little bit um, when I was younger. And then like, Venus and Serena came on the scene and it was a wrap after that. I was like, all right. Right. <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, for a little black girl, you know, Venus and Serena being on the scene, I know we were hearing her, wearing her hair in the braids with the beads um, and everything when they came out and started playing. So, you know, they were a big influence. Um, presently, still a big Serena fan. Um, I absolutely love Roger Federer. <laughs> um, and I know, <laughs> yes, I know there, you know, um, people, you know, who are staunch Federer fans, you know, 
oftentimes don't like Rafa, but I also actually like Rafa. So if Federer is not playing, then I'll cheer for Rafa. I know he's coming dangerously close, you know, to the his his Grand Slams, the titles, the figure. But right. I still, you know, I'm kind of like it's too close for comfort. But you know, I still <laughs> love Rafa. I think he, you know. <laughs> I like his personality off the court too. He seems like a great guy and you know um and I also like, you know, the younger players coming up too. Um let's see. But I I think those are my main um players that I I I really follow and and admire. Well, you fit in very well with Isaac and I because those are pretty <laughs> much the people that we follow as well. <laughs> As right? I'm sure you know. I knew I liked you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like we should ask you one of the polling questions. Do you think that Roger Federer is going mm -hmm. to be able to catch Jimmy Connors as it relates to his tournament titles? Now, you know Roger's got 103 at this point. Mm -hmm. Jimmy's got 109. That, that makes him six, maybe seven out. Do you think he can catch him? Most definitely. There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's Roger. <laughs> right. But um, no, I do think, I think he's got, I think he's got some tournaments left in him. You know, I think each year he comes back out and I, you're kind of afraid that, oh my God, is this going to be the year that he retires? But I think he's still fighting and he's still very competitive and he's, you know, he's up there and I think, I think he's going to make it. I think he will. <laughs> Like so, Marcia, I, I, I want to get you to talk a little more about your playing style. You know, how would you classify your game? How would I classify my game? Hmm. Aggressive. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. I can, I can witness to that. <laughs> As can I. <laughs> uh, you know, in all honesty... I don't even know how I would describe my game. I think, um, you know, I, I love my two-handed backhand. Um, you know, most people, when they watch me play, they're like, oh, I love your backhand. But I think nothing is quite as great as hitting, like, a sweet down-the-line forearm. It's great. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> feeling. Um, but, um, you know, I think my game is... Uh, Ground strokes are my my strength, I believe. Um, I don't like the net, <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know I love hitting heavy ground strokes. Um, and you know I, I think you know just just trying to get back what comes over the net at me and just having fun while doing it. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> I would describe it the same way too. Aggressive, great ground strokes. A, a really good feel uh, for the ball, and I can. I'm still mad at you hitting <laughs> two forehands just past me, like like I didn't even flinch. I didn't even flinch for the ball. Oh, uh, yes, audience, and I was there to witness it. Mm, that forehand was mean. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that that clenched fist at the end says different. But <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you have to have the theatrics with it because then you know. <laughs> That's right. You have to entertain. <laughs> right. 
And speaking of entertainment, now, Marsha, I know you're you're in New York, and I know that you've got some U.S. Open. You've been to the U.S. Open. Talk to us about how long have you been going to the U.S. Open, your experience at the U.S. Open. Just give us a little detail around that, since that's sort of your, uh, you know, that's uh, close to you there. Right, yes. Yeah. So living in New York, um, I do have access um, to the tennis center and I'm able to go to the U.S. Open. And honestly, I've been in New York for quite a few years and I regret regret not taking advantage of it sooner. You know, it's it's so easy just to hop over there, even if it's not, you know, to go to the ticketed games and the main draw when it starts, but to just... Um, go on the days when people are warming up or when they're playing qualifiers, um, which I feel like I've done that a couple years. So I've probably gone up to the tennis center probably uh, at least once each time uh, over the past six years. And um, even, and um, I've gone and watched qualifiers. I've just walked around the grounds and it's, it's a great feeling just being there with so many tennis fans, um, watching different matches. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite matches that I watched at the U S open was, um, Roger Federer versus Tiafo. And that was a great, I believe it was a first round match. It was, it was yeah. Just, it was, and it was just amazing. There was, Tiafo fought so hard in that match and it was so competitive. I think people expected Federer to just get on the court and, and just be done with him, just, you know, wipe the court with him and, and walk away. But that was not the case. And it was, I know we were there pretty late that night, just, you know, yeah, watching that match go on. And, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, you know, being at the Open is great. Um, you know, um, I've gotten to see, you know, different uh, players, um, Martina Hingis and and Rafa and Djokovic and Sharapova. I've seen some of them play matches. I've seen some of them training. Um, and it's it's just a good feeling, you know, being there. Absolutely. And, so, so Marcia, I'm going to add on to that question. What okay. tennis tournament or what tennis event uh, – <laughs> do you most want to attend that you have not yet? Okay. That's a good question. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you are most welcome, <laughs> sir. You are most welcome. <laughs> uh, what tennis tournament? I think Wilmington. Uh, and I think just because it's Wilmington, you know, um, you know, the, you know, I didn't think about this before. I've never thought about this before, so now I'm thinking about it. And <laughs> I, I think just the grandeur that is Wilmington, you know, and right. the all-white and, you know, the, the, the just, you know, it's it kind of has a royal feel to it, you know, it being right. in England, it being where tennis was born. Um, so I think that would be awesome to experience. And you know what, Marsha, it's funny because most of my adult life, maybe mm -hmm. even as a kid, I would have had the same answer until recently. Okay. And, and now, to me, the event I most want to attend is the Labor okay. Cup. <laughs> right. And why yeah. is that? <laughs> I, I, I just think, to me personally, and I, I've mentioned this on our podcast before, mm -hmm. it is just simply the most exciting tournament of the year. The format okay. of it, 
the, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the level of players that they have that participate in it, the, uh, the camaraderie you see between players that you never, you typically don't see that type right. of camaraderie between them. Right. Um, I just think it's a, a special, special event. That does, that, that is true. That does make sense. I mean, I, I know I, I saw, you know, recently, you know, <laughs> during the labor cup when, uh, like I believe Rafa was coaching Roger at some point. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's just like a moment that you wouldn't get anywhere else, and that's just right. Perfect. Um, it's, it's so that is true. That is true. I don't think I'm going to change my answer, but right. like, that's that's a good second. Yes, that's, that's a good second. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully they will pick up on our idea in order to do an Althea Gibson Cup for the women, because to me, I also feel right. like mm-hmm. definitely to be happening on the women's side as well because again right, that right. match is really great so right that would be awesome that would be right. awesome that would if be they did amazing that. that might go to number one if it happens see <laughs> see exactly <laughs> so, so marcia oh, go ahead, go ahead bro. okay um marcia i i need to dig into this question just a little bit further so you mentioned that one of your favorites was martina hingis and i'm going to be honest with you that was surprising to me, only because okay. I have seen you play. I've seen your aggressive style. I've seen your ground strokes. And it seems mm-hmm. like Martina Hingis's game is all of the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she is really soft, and she's all about kind of massaging mm-hmm. the ball mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So I am curious as to how she became your favorite and what were the things that you – I guess, try to take from her or emulate from her, or if, if anything. I'm curious. Okay, okay. Well, you see, that was when I was young and before I appreciated the aggression. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think I did, you know, I, I did appreciate just the finesse and, you know, being able to play and, you know, the placement, things like that. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why I liked her too is because, you know, she started winning things pretty young. So when I was younger, that was someone to look at and say, oh, look at this person who's not too much older than I am, you know, winning um, these tournaments. Um, and so I think that was mainly um, the reason why she was someone that I used to look up to and 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 appreciate as a player. Um, but in terms of style of play, I think as I matured um in my tennis game i, I be- began to pre- appreciate more of an aggressive you know hard-hitting uh game of tennis and marcia i i totally get where you're coming from i was a big martina hingis fan uh although it was nothing about her game that i tried to emulate in my own game but you just had to appreciate the mastery that she mm-hmm. had the, the touch the i mean she, like you said she was 16 years old 17 i mean and just absolutely outthinking and outmaneuvering right. everybody she played and to be very honest with you it really wasn't until and i guess we can say when serena and venus came on board and they just literally overpowered her i still don't exactly. think i still don't think venus and serena came out and they out thought Martina um, no. Hingis, but they just had a power that she physically could not have. match. Right? right. But when you talk about just the brain and the thoughts and the angles and the touch, and there was nobody like her that could right. do that. And she was doing it at such a young age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yes, that's that's precisely, um, you know, why I appreciated her as a player. It was, you know, she was doing that. She had the 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 mental toughness for the game, and she had it at such a young age, which you know made her a champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that's right. She dominated for that for that that spell. That's for sure. When she was sixteen. I think she won right. what three grand slams in that one year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sir. She was like, "Look, I, I, this this my year." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Marsha, um, you know, yes. we're we're gonna wrap this up, and we we so okay. appreciate you coming uh, on and being our first guest on on yes. Brothers on Tennis, and <laughs> and to show. And so we're more than, than about the brothers. We're about the sisters as well. Um, oh, good. I like this. <laughs> I have to I, be I wanna... the first sister in the show. <laughs> right. right. And hopefully it's not the last because I know we're going to need a guest co-host sometime in the future. Oh, so <laughs> no. I'm going to put you on the hook right here on the, on the oh, show. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But um, I want to I give you an opportunity if there's any last... Uh, thoughts that you want to share about, you know, your history with the game, your thoughts on the current game, uh, anything you'd like to share with our listeners, uh, you know, have at it. Oh boy, last thoughts. Well, well, first off, I do want to say thank you for having me on this, you know, on the show. It's it's great um, just talking to you about my experience playing tennis and um, just my love for the game and my the players that I love. Um, in terms of just me and tennis, I, I I will say that, you know, it's been a big part of my life. Um, it's something that I've had since I was young and it's stuck with me throughout my life. And I think it's provided me with, um, as I've said, a networking tool, which is not something that I would have ever thought about before. You know, I'm here speaking to you, lovely gentlemen, you know, um, and, you know, and it, it's such a wonderful thing to share with so many people. And, um, you know, I, I hope to continue to share it with you guys and, and listen to Brothers in Tennis. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Marcia. And, and once again, Bryce, Isaac, you... any final words from you? Yeah, she she called us lovely gentlemen. I, I know. <laughs> All right. I think she, I did. Think I she just know my credibility. <laughs> that is no. too funny. No, so. Marcia, it's awesome. We just thank you, and and it has been, in my opinion, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, episode having you on, and and we just thank you for making time to do this with us. So thank you from me. Yes. Thank you so much. So, listeners, uh, look forward to hearing Marsha again as she replaces either <laughs> Isaac or myself <laughs> on, a future, on a future episode. Uh, but we will continue to give you more special episodes where you'll get to see different levels and different perspectives of the game of tennis. And with that, we're going to sign off. This is your boy, Bryce. This is your boy, Isaac. And for our dear friend, Marsha, we are brothers <laughs> on tennis. Have a wonderful week, everyone. <laughs>